Welcome to Making Music with Jake Haas, the podcast all about the creative process of writing and recording music. As this year wraps up, I'm sharing my favorite albums from 2019. There were a lot of great records that came out, and I honestly had a hard time narrowing it down to just 10, but I did, and here they are. So let's jump right into it. Number 10, Effluxion by Telekinesis. This is the fifth studio album from the band, which is really the solo project of Matt Benjamin Lerner. In some ways, it feels a bit out of step with what's happening in music now. It feels like he belongs in the world of late 90s to early 2000s indie rock, with bands like Spoon and The Strokes. That's not to say it's a bad thing, because I really miss the sound of that era. He weaves together fuzzy guitar power pop, honky-tonk piano, and acoustic indie folk. Somehow this blend all works together because the songs are so dang catchy. It's a fun album and filled with lots of energy. Here's Cut the Quick. Number 9, Front Porch by Joy Williams. Joy is perhaps best known for being half of the Grammy Award-winning duo, The Civil Wars. She's released several solo albums, both before and after her work with The Civil Wars, and this is her latest. As the title suggests, these songs are performed in a stripped-down fashion, usually with just a voice, an acoustic guitar, and an occasional mandolin or violin, but with no percussion. It works because of the strength of the songwriting and her beautiful, smooth voice. The songs are incredibly relaxing to listen to and come across very sincere and heartfelt. There's a bit of country flavor to it, but it really falls more in the Americana genre. It's a great album from start to finish with some great tunes. Here's Be With You. When we cross over to the other side When we cross over to the other side Number 8, Two Hands and UFOF by Big Thief. This is a big breakout year for this Brooklyn band. They actually released two solid albums, and I couldn't decide which one I liked better, so I decided to call it a tie. What's amazing to me is what they were able to accomplish with just a core lineup of guitar, bass, and drums. They paid a lot of attention to the tone of the instruments, which sound crystal clear and mixed perfectly. These songs drift seamlessly between whispery folk ballads and bluesy indie rockers. The songwriting is really strong with heavy lyrical themes and a sincere and earnest tone and approach. In some ways, it's a homage to classic folk rock, but also feels like a passing of the torch from other indie rock bands in the last decade or so who have lost their momentum. Big Thief sounds confident and energized, even if the music can occasionally be gloomy. Here's the song, Not. Number 7, 
All Mirrors by Angel Olsen. This is the fourth album by this St. Louis-based singer-songwriter. She has a real knack for creating atmosphere in the songs. It's an interesting mix of retro and modern, of dark yet hopeful and accessible tunes. There are thick, heavy-sounding string arrangements with layers of reverb. It sounds really theatrical and dramatic in some ways. Other songs have more of a classic rock influence. Overall, I would describe it as a very ambitious record, but also hypnotic to listen to. Here's the song, Spring. Number six, Beautiful Show by Vid Nelson. This one is by a local musician who came out of the Provo music scene where I'm from and has recently relocated to Nashville. This is his fourth album and it's definitely a step up in terms of production and songwriting. It has a real classic rock sort of vibe with strings, maybe along the lines of John Lennon's Imagine album or Arcade Fire. His voice is pretty unique and has a real passionate approach with his delivery, especially when he belts it out. There's also a lot of vocal harmonies and details put into the arrangements. It's a rewarding listen. Here's Bon Voyage Ami. Number five, Conclusion by Takanubu. This is the project of Japanese-American celloist and vocalist Nick Agawa, and more recently violinist and vocalist Catherine Couch, who is now his fiance. I recently saw them perform and absolutely loved it. When they play live, they incorporate loop pedals to create multi-layered sounds. For instance, they might use their string instruments to make percussion sounds and add multiple string parts on top of it until it practically sounds like a full orchestra. The album lives up to the live performance, in my opinion. It's so interesting to hear what they're able to do with just a few instruments. They exist somewhere in their own world, somewhere between classical music and indie rock. I also think it holds up because the songwriting is so great. It's refreshing to hear something so unique that no one else is really doing, but, but still done in a way that is accessible, that is a joy to listen to. Here's Glorious Harmonious. Come on, let me tell you about how I used to do it in the olden days. Come on, let me tell you about all the forgotten ways I remember a feeling that took me over So glorious 
Every fiber of my being was vibrating harmonious. There's nothing written anywhere that says I can't feel that way again today. Number four, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? by Billie Eilish. This has been a huge breakout year for this artist. After a series of singles and EPs, she's released her debut full-length album, which is highly acclaimed by critics and went number one, and she just barely turned 18. Yet more impressive, Billie and her brother, Phineas O'Connell, wrote the songs and recorded the entire album themselves in their bedroom studio. The production sounds fresh. Nobody out there I've listened to lately is really incorporating all these styles in quite the same way. Her jazzy vocals weave in and out of a variety of blended genres from hip-hop to alternative rock to folk to even a really pretty a cappella choral track. With all the hype that surrounds Billie Eilish, it would be really easy to dismiss her and write her off as a fluke, but she has the skills and great songs to back it up. She truly breaks the rules and treads her own path. I'm excited to follow her career and see what she does next. Here's the song, Eight. I better go I never really know How to please you You're looking at me like I'm see-through I guess I'm gonna go I just never Number three, Gold in a Brass Age by David Gray. I first heard David Gray back in 1998 when his breakthrough album White Ladder became popular, which is one of my all-time favorites. Now, over 20 years later, he remains a consistently solid singer-songwriter. With this album, I feel like he upped his production game. He incorporates electronic elements with traditional folk songwriting, much like he did with White Ladder, but he sounds more updated and fresh with his approach. There are layers of subtle sounds and experimental flourishes sprinkled throughout. The beats are really interesting and fun. He sounds energized and confident. It's like he took a note from some of the things James Blake is doing and sped it up to fit his own style. The songwriting is really strong on this album, and it's a great listen. Here's the title track, Golden of Brass Age. Number two, Father of the Bride by Vampire Weekend. This is their fourth album and it represents something of a new phase for them. It's been six years since their last record and since then, one of their key members, Rostam Batmangalij, has left the band. The remaining members took the opportunity to rethink their sound and try some new approaches. This time around, they've incorporated more acoustic guitars and maybe more jammy instrumentation and sounds than before. The songs feel looser and more fun than their past albums. It's kind of a good album for vacations or maybe road trips. They're joined by Danielle Hyam of the band Hyam as a guest vocalist on several of the songs, which also helps to distinguish the sound of this record and give it some cohesiveness. Ezra Koenig's signature singing and songwriting style is as strong as ever. While this is their longest album, clocking in at just under an hour, they throw in enough twists and turns to keep it interesting and a fun, enjoyable listen. Here's the song Harmony Hall. And the stone walls of harmony all bear witness. 
And finally, number one, Omoyari by Kishibashi. Kishibashi is a classically trained Japanese-American violinist who used to play in the band of Montreal, among his other projects. This is his fourth proper solo album. His debut album, 151A, came out in 2012 and instantly became one of my favorite all-time albums. I didn't feel like his second and third albums were quite as strong, but he brought me back with this album, and it might even be my new favorite of his. The songwriting is really strong with the melodies and lyrics. It's something of a concept album about the experiences of Japanese Americans placed in internment camps during World War II. The production takes a more organic, folky approach with beautiful string and violin arrangements, much like his debut. If you're a fan of the Shins, you'd probably dig it. My wife and I saw him perform this year with his band, and he put on one of the most amazing live shows I've ever seen. It was over-the-top fun and joyous, and it made me appreciate the songs from his album even more. Here's the song, Penny Rabbit and Summer Bear. Faithless and mystic, faint as can be. Penny rabbit floated flowers, planted as possible on the shore. Many others fell before. Waiting was Summer Bear, eyes to the sea. Fingers on her violin, playing. And that's it. That's our show this week. If you head over to the podcast section of my website, jcos.com, you can find a link to a Spotify playlist with these songs and more. Follow the Facebook page for Making Music with Jay Cause to stay up to date, but most of all, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a review so we can get a bump in the rankings. That's all. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>